0: This is Jamie Andalin, and you're listening to my podcast, Your Turned On Desire. Hey friend, before we start, if you would like to continue to hear more free content about sex and intimacy, then please leave a positive review for this podcast. I promise no matter what, you'll keep getting this content for free, but it encourages me to keep going and creating better and better content when I hear from you. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being here. I believe that I could choose 20 people off the streets in any city, and each of them would have a convenient reason why their sex life and their marriage isn't or wasn't happy. I spent too many years struggling in my sex life with my husband until I decided that I was tired of the struggle. I was tired of avoiding sex, and so I learned how to make my sex life with my husband a non issue. Now I have helped hundreds of women do the same in my private coaching, and now I'm helping women in an online program. Welcome to my podcast, Your Turn on Desire, where I talk about the lessons I learned when I decided to stop avoiding sex and learned how to look forward to and enjoy sex instead. Prepare for something extraordinary because we're about to create a magnificent sex life. Hello! Today I want to share with you four of some very typical reasons people use to have an unhappy sex life. These are the reasons I also used to have an unhappy sex life and are the reasons and excuses I stopped using Because they were not useful for me to solve the problem. These reasons to have an unhappy sex life kept me problem-focused instead of being a part of the solution. Except these reasons are very convenient and very widely accepted among everyone. And so it's really easy to miss that we're using these as convenient reasons to have an unhappy sex life. Convenient reason number one that I used to keep myself in an unhappy sex life was my husband only touches me because he wants sex. Although this may be the case for past relationships anyone has been in, this thought wasn't useful for me. When I thought this thought, I didn't express myself through touch or talking because I closed up. When I focused in on this thought, I created unnecessary negative pressure for myself around our sex life when i thought this thought i felt bad and i felt mad and resentful i didn't want to feel this way i wanted to feel open and curious and excited to see my husband instead i thought i married this like weird sex crazed guy which was totally not true but i kept framing him this way in my mind the truth is that he legitimately legitimately wanted to hug to make out and to touch more without those meaning sex or needing them to lead to sex. He legitimately loves physical touch. It was actually a very confusing time for both of us when he wanted to touch and I made this mean that he wanted sex so then I would avoid touch or shrink away from it or stiffen up. And all this led to me to feel pressured to have sex and to lead my husband to feel like, the love of his life didn't even want to hug him. I only figured out the evidence for the for this truth when I decided to drop the thought that my husband expected touch to lead to sex, and I dropped the thought that touch needed to lead to sex. I dropped this thought, and my actions changed. I asked myself, is this thought true? And I thought, well, maybe it is. And I asked myself, can you absolutely know that this thought is true? Like absolutely, without a doubt, this is true, that your husband only wants to touch you if you're going to have sex and that all the sex must lead to, or all the touch must lead to sex. And my answer was, well, not for absolutely sure. I I can't be absolutely sure because I'm not my husband and I don't know for sure what he's thinking and I don't think I would marry someone who really was focused on sex in a negative way. And I'm not really for sure what he's thinking. And I do have evidence that we can touch and it doesn't have to lead to sex. Because we have touched and it didn't always lead to sex before. And I asked myself, well, how might things be different for me if I dropped this thought? And I thought, well, I would probably enjoy touching a lot more. And I wouldn't turn away or push him away. And that might be nice. So I gave this a try and found out some really helpful truths. It was worth it for me to stop using this convenient reason that my, my husband only touches me because he wants sex. I stopped using that as a reason to have an unhappy sex life and dropped that idea and started experiencing a much happier sex life. Convenient reason number two that I used to keep myself in an unhappy sex life was I can't have a good and easy sex life because of the kids. I personally have to be very careful how I think about my children. I can easily see them as little people who get in between my husband and I. I can see them as excuses for not having an amazing sex life with my husband. Or I can see them as evidence of the love that my husband and I have for each other. And I can use them as a reason to inspire me to draw a sacred bubble around my husband and I and prioritize our intimacy with each other. There was a time when I really lost sight of the love between my husband and I because being a mother was so hard for me. I made kids my excuse for not wanting sex for many years. I can't because the kids are awake. I can't because the kids need me. I can't because the kids will hear us. I can't because the kids made me stressed today, etc. And instead of thinking that the kids could inspire me to ensure my sex life was a form of rejuvenation, the kids were used as a convenient reason to avoid sex. My love story really suffered when kids came into the picture, not because the kids made it suffer, but because of the way I was thinking and managing myself with my kids in my marriage. When I decided to stop using my kids as a convenient reason to not have a happy sex life, I stopped seeing my kids as excuses, but I started seeing my kids as the reason I wanted to make sure my sex life was good and happy. I wanted to be an example to them what a truly intimate and loving marriage looks like. Plus, When their parents are happy in the sex life, we are much better parents, let me tell you. We work together so much better. We communicate so much better. We enjoy our time so much better. We feel so much more honest and open. And we're actually more honest and open with our children than we would be if we weren't more honest and open with each other. It's just so beautiful how our parenting and our home is rewarded by us having a better sex life together. And so... When dropping convenient reason number two that I can't have a good and easy sex life because of the kids has been a reason why I actually have a happy sex life is because I dropped that convenient reason I was using to have an unhappy sex life. I'm going to pause for a minute and ask you a question. Would you please consider helping someone you've probably never met? It will cost you nothing. Who is this person? It's a person that could be a lot like you, or they used to be like you. They are needing help. And my goal is to make sex easier for married couples so they don't struggle in their sex lives anymore. Everything I do stems from wanting married couples to experience more love and deeper intimacy together, and wanting women to be at peace with their sexuality. The way I'm going to accomplish this is by reaching pretty much every woman and every married couple, and this is where you come in. Many people judge a podcast by its reviews and by its cover, because it's kind of like a book, and also if someone they trust shares the podcast with them. So I'm asking on behalf of a person struggling in their sex life and tired of sex being an issue, someone you've never met, to please help them by leaving a review. It doesn't cost you any money and will take less than 60 seconds to make a real lasting change in their life. Your review could help one woman be a lot happier and comfortable in her body and be an example to maybe her daughter. One more couple who can strengthen their entire family by their marriage being strengthened. One more couple prove that marriage doesn't mean your sex life sucks one more woman transform her life and one more couple who stops arguing about sex and makes love instead in order to add more love into this world and make someone's life so much happier and easier all you have to do is leave a review and you'll get that feel good feeling and you'll help them for real if you feel good about helping people you don't know, then you're definitely my kind of people. And I'm so excited to help you make your own sex life easy and fun. You're going to love the tips and secrets I share with you in the rest of this episode and in the following episodes. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. You're a beautiful soul. Thank you for choosing to be a part of this community and taking time out of your day to listen to these episodes and apply the concepts into your life. I am one of your biggest fans. Love, Jamie. Convenient reason number three that I used to keep my sex life unhappy was I'm too stressed. Although it was harder for me to be turned on when I was stressed, It was only because it took longer for me to relax and get turned on. I learned that good sex and turned on desire happens in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest response nervous system. And when we are in our sympathetic nervous system, which is our stress response nervous system, we can't just experience good sex from there. Our bodies shut down or slow down other systems like our digestive tracts and our sexual desire when we are in the stress response. Because our brains and bodies are perceiving that we are in a high-stress situation, like being chased by a lion. And there's no way we are going to need to stop and have sex and reproduce at a time like that. So I had a lot of compassion for myself for not wanting sex when I was stressed. But I also was using it as a convenient reason why I couldn't enjoy sex. And I was stressed like this more often than I wanted to be. Like every day, I felt no desire for sex. Every day, my body was responding like I was being chased by a lion, and I felt like a victim to my circumstances and a victim to stress. And I would say, I need my husband to know that stress makes sex the last thing I want. It was like I was hanging out at around a two on the desire scale, and the desire for good sex was an eight on the desire scale. So good sex felt so far away. But when I opened up to the idea that I could live a less stressful life instead of living at a two, and I could change things for myself that I was at, you know, hanging around at least a six on the scale, this made sex so much easier to get to. And I felt a lot better. And also I learned that I can use physical touch as a way to de-stress, that I don't have to de-stress and then allow physical touch and stress. And as I stopped using stress as a way, as a convenient reason to not have sex, I started inviting more physical touch into my life. I paused more often during the day and stopped rushing. I said no to more things so I could be less stressed when my husband and I were together. This didn't mean I had sex all the time, even though I was stressed out, but I was a lot more open to it. I would plan on a two-hour sex date with my husband because this allowed for us to be together and cuddle and kiss and talk and massage each other's backs and get in the bath together and de-stress like this. And it gave me enough time to de-stress together instead of needing to de-stress and then get together. And this would always de-stress me and I would relax and open up and want to make love. When I stopped using being too stressed... As a convenient way to avoid sex, I started feeling a lot more relaxed by the things that I changed in my life, and I started opening up to more connection, which indeed led to more sexual connection. I learned that sexual desire grows in the way we think about and respond to stress. If I thought, well, I can't can't because I'm stressed, I missed out on what I really wanted, which was actually less stress and more love. If I said, yes, I'm stressed, but I'm also open to receiving love, this created the environment where my sexual desire grew. I actually learned that I needed erotic energy to heal from stress. Sexual and erotic energy is essential to my growth as a woman. I can't evolve as a woman without erotic energy but erotic energy doesn't just happen to me. I have to cultivate it. I have to create the environment where it can be cultivated. I have to choose to create it in my body and then use it to make me a better person. And then I can also use it to make my relationship with my husband closer. So learning to stop using stress as a convenient reason to not to keep my sex life unhappy was really life-changing for me because it didn't just make my sex life better, but it made my personal life a lot better like who doesn't want to feel less stressed more quickly who doesn't want their bounce back from stress to be faster who doesn't want to hang out around a six on the scale so that you know sexual desire is just around the corner instead of needing to take eight to 12 hours in order for it to arrive it's it just really helped me have a happier life in general and then made my sex life really freaking happy too Convenient reason number four that I used to keep my sex life unhappy was he isn't asking me right. It's true that a weak invitation isn't, well, it isn't inviting. A weak invitation to sex doesn't spark the interest in sex like the person offering the invitation might be wanting. My husband used to say, hey, uh, do you want to have sex sometime this week? Maybe sometime today? And... Maybe, And even though I can honestly say yes to this invitation now because I authentically do want to have sex and tend to have just as high as a libido as he does most of the time, or at least I'm more aroused than I used to be, when I had a very low libido, this kind of invitation did not turn me on. And I used my husband's weak invitations as a convenient reason to not have a happy sex life. I thought that if he was better and invited me to sex, then our sex life would be better. But this convenient reason just kept me annoyed and irritated, and I blamed him for why I wasn't turned on. What was more useful for me was to think about how I would like to be invited to sex and then express this to him. I said, if you just grab my hand and lead me to the bedroom and look in my eyes and play with my hair and kiss me, then I'll be very open to where this may lead. And another more useful way for me was to just turn myself on and then tell him that I intend on making love to him as soon as possible. Waiting for my husband to become really good at inviting me and initiating sex in a way that would turn me on just left me stuck on waiting for him to do something before I got to enjoy my sex life. I was changing my beliefs around sex, and instead of thinking, well, if he wants sex, then he should do something about it, I was thinking, sex is good for me, and I would like to do something about it. It can feel hard to make these changes and to stop using the most common, convenient reasons a lot of people use for not having a good sex life. But I had to stop listening to people who weren't at peace in their sex life. And I started watching and listening to people who were at peace in their sex life. And the people who are at peace don't even use the most easily accepted and convenient excuses or reasons to have an unhappy sex life. They don't use anything as an excuse. They overcome those reasons and enjoy a happy sex life. If you got even one nugget from this episode, then may I suggest a couple other episodes you may want to listen to? Episode 14, Children as Excuses. Episode 30, Sex as a Celebration. Thank you for being here.